Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. In God, good. God is so wonderful, and this Christian life is beautiful when you don't make it religious, when you make it life. And the thing I want to do is I want you to experience this the way Jesus came to give it to us, and that is in a way of life, so that you can have the days after a service and experience heaven on earth, because that's what you need in your marriages, you need it in your relationships, you need it in work, you need it if you're an employer or a boss, you need it for the sake of the employees, or if you're an employee, you need it for the sake of the boss. We all need this information for life. And that's what I want us to recognize, that if we can connect with God's word correctly and receive it in the right way, it becomes relevant. It becomes relevant for, it doesn't matter how old or how young you are, it's a relevant word for today. I was speaking to my second Saturday group, and a bunch of guys came out to to just talk about life. And in that, I was sharing with them the importance of recognizing today when it comes to this walk. It's about today. It's about how we live our lives today. And you can look at all the different teachings and instruction of God's word, but if you don't ultimately see it that it matters today, that you're living this today, then nothing else matters. So the information that you're getting, no matter how awesome it is or how impacting or non-impacting, whatever the case may be, it's something that you can apply in your life. I, 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 I talk to him about, I can open up scripture anywhere, anywhere. When I'm talking about scripture, I'm talking about in the New Testament specifically. And I can open up anywhere in the Bible and start reading, and I guarantee you, guarantee you, I'm going to get impacted. I don't know where, but I guarantee you, as I'm reading, something is going to impact my life. This thing doesn't change. It's the same. It's, it, for thousands of years, it's not changed. So how can something that doesn't change be relevant or impactful if it's something that I've read over and over and over and over countless times? If, if, it, if it's just words on, a, on paper, brought together like a history lesson or a textbook. You can open up your old college textbooks and read the same thing you did in college and you're not gonna be impacted. You can read a history book from high school and you're gonna go, oh my gosh, Columbus found America. Oh, I'm impacted. You know what I'm saying? In other words, it's just information. But this is amazing. And I'm telling you the honest truth. I've been doing this a long time, and I can open up right now, just point blank, start reading it, and I guarantee you, as I read it, something's going to leap off those pages into my heart, and it's going to make me realize, whoops, this is awesome. Oh, I need to remember this. I need to see this. Right now, I'm seeing for grace, I've been saved through faith, not of myself. It's a gift from God, and that impacted me just for me glancing at it. 
that this whole thing's a gift from God. And then what I do is I go further. How awesome am I that God would give me this grace gift to me? Do, do people off the street when it's your birthday just come give you gifts? How come? It's your birthday. Why? Because there's no connection, there's no relationship. And you all know, the greater the gift, the greater relationship. Throwing it out there, just seeing everybody's gonna grab that one. Trying to find out who wants to, you know, level up in my relationship line. I'm just saying. Yeah, I use video game terms for some reason. I don't know why, but do you hear what I'm saying? About the gifts. I mean, oh, okay, I just want to make sure. Now let's move on to the word. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I'm going to give you some information, unlock some truths that will set you free, but not just for you, but for the people you know, the people that you have connection to. They need this as much as I do. You do, amen? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... If who? Anyone is in Christ. Well, how do you get in Christ? You receive him. The Bible says once you receive Jesus, you become in him. You're a part of him, his body. You're a member of the body, his body. He is the person that receives. She is the person that receives Jesus, a new creation. New creation. All things passed away. Behold, all things become new. One of the hardest scriptures to understand. Not to read, not to hear, but to understand. And the reason why is because we hear that and we go, everything old in my life is still in my life. But it says here it's passed away. And that's the problem that we as believers have issue with because the Bible's talking this stuff and we're not experiencing it. It's not, I'm not saying that your experience is right. I'm just saying you define life just that way. I had to get past the truth equals experience to truth equals truth. And then I'll experience. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, 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 I couldn't, I went through the process. I was a, you know, a, I was skeptical in my Christian beginnings like everybody else because it's who you are. You just came from the world and now you're being taught about spiritual things. No one grasped that right away. As a matter of fact, I know people have been in church 20 years, they still don't get it. But anyway, the point is, is it's something that you have to come to terms with up here that, that you get to the place where you say, you know what, I gotta stop this old way of thinking. I've got to just believe God and his word. And what you're saying is, if I see it or not, it doesn't matter. I think one of the coolest messages that, that got me to engage in that mindset was when a pastor talked about gravity. And I've said this many times. I actually probably say it better than he did. But anyway, the point is, is he was making it very clear that it doesn't matter if you believe in gravity or not. Gravity's going to work. You don't see gravity. There's no, you can't even feel gravity. But gravity's there. Gravity will demand the process if I walk off this. 
Even if I say, I don't believe in gravity, I don't believe in gravity, gravity, I don't believe in you, I don't believe in you. Once I walk up the stage, gravity is going to go, whatever, and pull me down. But I don't see it, I don't feel it. Doesn't matter, it's going to pull you down. Why do you freak out when you're on a plane? Why do you get a little nervous? Because you know gravity's in the back of your head going, you shouldn't be up here. I'm just saying, and that, doesn't it? It's like, you know, I, I understand the, the other laws of thrust. <laughs> I understand all the other laws, lift and thrust and all that, and you, and you can get all technical in it, but still gravity's like going, whatever, dude, I'm just letting you know I'm real. And ultimately, what happened? What comes up? Must come down. Praise God for the coming down, amen, in the correct way. He says, let me listen to this in the Living Bible. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. Everybody say begun. Okay, begin means there's a starting point. It's not like you've already started and then you're continuing on. You're beginning this new life. I want you to get this. I want you to grasp this. The sooner, the better. You young ones that are in here right now, you guys get hold of this. Oh, my gosh. It, it's that place where you go, God, I wish I was, you know, and you go through the process if you played sports. If I would have just did this or I would have done this or if I, if I went this way, if I didn't. Do, and you can do that all the time. I do this about Christianity. Can you imagine if I was a teenager getting this information and I think about it and go, wow. That would have been cool, but I didn't have an opportunity because I didn't have anybody tell me that it was available. It took years later. It cannot be that way, you guys. Honestly, it can't be that way. I went through high school hanging around Christians that I never knew were Christians. It's just wrong. It's so stinking wrong. And you might be thinking, well, I mean, why should they? Why shouldn't they? I don't care if they thought that I wouldn't do it. Give me an opportunity to say, no, I don't want that. But don't not say anything. Give me an opportunity to deny. Give me an opportunity to say, not for me. But give me an opportunity. I guarantee you, from what I know in this scripture, what I know about the word of God even if I do go, I don't want that, I'll never forget and I'll never let go of the person planting that seed. It's impossible. It's impossible. That seed will be planted. It's a supernatural one. And it might take a lot of time or whatever. Who knows? I might have just said, I'll receive Jesus right now. I don't know. I didn't get the opportunity. Give people an opportunity. Now, Please, believe me, when I'm talking this way, I am not talking about a religious conversion of witnessing. You need Jesus. You need to get saved. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the relationship, and this is what I'm saying with the Christians I knew that I didn't know they were Christians, mainly because they were drunk before I got drunk. But anyway, that's a whole different story. I know it's lame, but anyway, it's the truth. But in their lives... There was a connection. And when I found out later, i.e. Christian concert, I now have Jesus and I'm there with my Jesus life. 
And all of a sudden, I got people, or one person in particular, that comes running up to me, Mackie, Mackie, that's what they call me. It all depends on sports or school or relationship. It could have been Danny. It could have been Danny Mac. It could have been Mackie. It all depends on you know, where you're at. Mackie, Mackie. I go, what? And it's one of the pitchers that I played with on our state championship team. And he comes up running to me. He goes, man, you're a Christian. I go, oh, my gosh, yes, you're a Christian too. And he goes, yeah, I've always been a Christian. Dude, you should have seen how my countenance changed. I went, what? What do you mean? He goes, I, I, I've been a Christian. I was a Christian in high school. I was, I've, I've, I've been a Christian. And I went, what? I've told a story before, but ever at school and everybody goes, fight, fight. I swear that's what's going on in the Christian concert. What? You were a Christian and you, and I just went off on him. Yeah, he didn't know what to do because he's, he's, it's guilty. And I go, how dare you? Why didn't you tell me? And I was so mad. And you'd think, you know, Christians would be there going, hey, brothers, love each other. They weren't, they were circled around like going, hit him, hit him. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just crazy. Finally, I just, I, I had Christian friends around me finally going, chill, man, it's no big deal. And I go, it is a big deal. And I, I won't say his name, but I just said, you know what? I'm glad. And I just had to walk away. But I was a young, I was baby Christian. I forgave him right now. But it is a story that, that, that was, it, it hurt me. Because, I mean, I'm looking at it today. I'm thinking, if I get an opportunity, I'm, gonna, I'm going to give people an opportunity. If I get an opportunity, I'm going to give them an opportunity. Now, it's not religiously anymore, because I would go out and get anybody saved, you know. And I would use any, any tool at my understanding. I mean, I tell teenagers, you probably get hit by a car and burn in hell tonight. I mean, that was wrong, but they would get saved. I don't know how long it lasted or if it was real, but it worked. And so, you know, there are all kinds of things that I would do, but ultimately, I grew into the understanding and knowledge, and my heart was right. I wanted people to receive Jesus. I was just taught a wrong way at that point in time. But now I understand the opportunity comes along. It will come along. And don't get freaky or think that, well, if I'm talking with someone and I don't get that opportunity, what if they die? It's going to be on me. No, it won't. It won't be on you. Don't, don't go that way because you can get really guilty from something like that. Just understand that a door will open and you'll have the opportunity. That's your time. That's it. That's your time, okay? If the door didn't open, someone else probably missed it. But it's not you, okay? Just understand that. But if the door opens, give it to them. Say, well, this is what I did. Don't get judgmental. Don't start pointing fingers. Just say, this is what I did. I called on Jesus. You can do the same. Try not to be religious. You have to specifically say the specific prayer this way. Make sure there's tears, crying, and wailing as you do it. Don't, don't go that way. Just give people an opportunity when you can, amen? 
And if the atmosphere presents itself, you can go further than that. But you can judge that. Amen? So it says that we have a new life. John, 1 John 4, 9 says, God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. This new life, God's word says that our responsibility to understand we're to live through Jesus. We live through him. Now that's actually like a channel or, you know, like you're going through something. It's, it's a direction. And the Bible's saying that we have to learn Christ or know Jesus because our life is through him. And that's why it's so important to pay attention to what you're reading. Allow the scripture to come alive in and, and to you. It will, guarantee it, it will. But you have to open yourself up and receive it personally. Take this word and receive it personally. Romans 6, 4 says, walk in your newness of life. Walk in your newness of life. Well, if it's something new, it can't be tied to something old. So if it's something new, there must be what? New information. Amen? We need that new information. Now, in our walk as believers, as we follow Jesus, I need you to understand there are two major attacks that come into a believer's life. Two major areas of attack. The enemy, the devil, is one area, and the nature, your old nature, which is called the flesh, is the second area. Those are the two areas, the two attacks that happen in a believer's life. Those two areas, okay? I know you can go through your wife and say, well, wait a minute, what about the third one, my husband? Yeah, I got that. Or, I mean, we always have a number three, right, and fill in the blank, don't we? There's always a number three. Well, what about, you know, it's my ornery aunt or whatever. So the two things you need to understand is, is the enemy and the flesh. Ephesians 6.11 says this, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers, evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, mighty powers in this dark world against evil spirits in heavenly places. Now, you can make a horror movie on that one, but that is God's word talking to us. And I can guarantee you that most Christians don't even reflect on the spiritual demonic area of attacks in their lives. And then if they do, they're probably in the far, far belief system where it's all about Satan and the devil. So anywhere you hear a noise, the devil's in my room. So you got that extreme, I, listen, it happens. Been there, done that, you know, ooh, the evil everywhere, you know. And believe me, your imagination can create everything you think is not there, is there. I have seen it, I've heard it, I've experienced it. And it's all because of what your imagination will create with belief. It's powerful, but you know what? It's supposed to be. This mind, this imagination's powerful the way it is because we are created in the image of God himself. And that's what he is. He's, he visions, sees it before it happens. 
And people want to know, well, why do people think they see this? Because that's what they consciously think about. People believe in, you know, Bigfoot. Guarantee you they're going to see Bigfoot. I, I was watching, I forgot what program it was. It was um, like, uh, I forgot the guy's name, but they were doing uh, the Russian Yeti or something. It was on Discovery Channel. I swear this is the way it always is. Everybody, everybody can take HD videos and pictures of any single animal in the world, no matter how close and how far, and it's perfect. And it doesn't matter. They can go underwater, they can go in space, and perfect. But every single time it's a Yeti or a Bigfoot, out of focus and moving like, I swear, it's the truth. It's crazy. All before that, it was perfect. Oh, look, a Yeti. Yeah, there it is. I see it too. Get it in focus. I'm trying as hard as I can. Is that crazy? Come on. But this is what happens. We create these images in our mind. You start hearing things. You start feeling things. You start experiencing things. Why? Because your imagination is powerful. Positive or negatively. Faith, positive or negatively. It doesn't matter. Faith is a law. Whatever things you desire, when you believe, that confident expectation, your desire and passion, if it's evil, that's faith. It's still the operation of faith. So you've got to understand that. Faith is this law that isn't just boxed into only good. It's the operation of faith. Faith is the confidence, the, the things of confidently expecting I just don't know what I'm going to do. They're going to sue us. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Exactly. And as you see it, your confident expectation of that is going to start producing results in your body. You think I'm wrong? Talk to any doctor. Talk to anyone that understands medical science. And the, when you start thinking sick, pain, hurt, ugly, ask them what happens to your physical body. Oh, nothing. It's your thinking about it. No, they won't. They'll say it will affect you. It will create bad things in your body by thought. If it can do bad, it can do good. Yes. Always remember that, amen? Light conquers darkness. Light always wins. Always bring some light in the picture. You guys getting this or not? Okay. Galatians 5.17. Flesh wars against the spirit. What your corrupt nature wants is contrary to what your spiritual nature wants. What your spiritual nature wants is contrary to what your corrupt nature wants. They are opposed or at war to each other. As a result of the war, you don't always do what you intend to do. That's what the Bible's telling us. You don't always do what you intend to do. Everybody's got good intentions, but a lot of times we don't follow through with those good intentions, right? I mean, you can have good intentions all the way home, and then someone cuts in front of you, and you get all mad, and all of a sudden the intention is gone now. Why? Because I'm mad. Stinking drivers, these snowbirds come in here. It's getting winter time. They suck. And I planned on having a little party when I got home with the family. Now I'm mad. Talking to someone. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking to someone else. Isn't that true, though? Doesn't this happen in life? We war in life. Amen? 
we war in life. Just understand that. So we've got these truths that show us, okay, so we have the spiritual battle, we have this nature battle. The nature battle is probably the one that you are going to experience the most only because, and this is what you need to understand, only because the devil doesn't need to mess with you. You mess real good with yourself. You do just as much damage as he could ever do just how you believe. And so he lets that all play out. As long as you're sitting there attacking yourself consistently, he doesn't need to mess with you. I mean, he's, you know, the devils that, that, are, that are called to go to your house are like, they're having vacation. They've been on vacation for a couple years now. They're like going, well, chill, man. We don't have to do nothing. That dude is messing up his life on his own. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Y'all know we're good at that stuff, and we need to be bad at it. We need to become bad. We need to be terrible at that stuff. We need to flunk the quiz of ripping into ourselves. Amen? Y'all getting this or not? Listen, we got to get this word, these truths, God's word working in our lives. Not information that's not truthful, God's word becoming truthful. Remember, truth is what you believe. It doesn't mean it's true. I'm just saying truth is what you believe. I, I, I got this information. I got a scripture I want to go over, but listen to this. This is really cool. These are popular unbiblical beliefs that Christians tend to believe. Number one, not in the order of, you know, who believes what, but these are them. God helps those who help themselves. I'm sure you've heard people say that. Well, you know, brother, God helps those who help themselves. That is completely unscriptural, by the way. And that's what people don't understand. Um, Jesus said, anyone coming after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. I mean, that's what scripture says. But what does people say? God helps those who help themselves. Listen, I'm gonna read it off. If you're guilty, don't look guilty. Just smile and go, isn't that crazy? Even if you just said it on the way to someone else in church. Just go, my bad, I didn't know. Just look at like, no big deal, all right? God wants me to be happy. Now, you would think that would be something where, well, yeah, he does, but scripturally, that's not a statement that you can tie doctrine to, that God wants me to, happiness is tied to feelings. That's what you have to understand. Happiness is completely tied to your feelings. And God's wanting you to obey him and follow his word. That might not lead to happy. In other words, the feeling of being happy. He wants you operating in his truth. The emotions are tied to your will, not his will. Do you understand that? The emotions are tied to your will, not his will. I mean, of course he wants you to be filled with joy. That's why he's given it to you. Of course he wants you to experience being happy. That, that's, of course, that. But you cannot tie it in a doctrine, point blank, God wants me happy. That's like saying God wants you to have whatever you want to have in life that makes you happy. And that's not true. Amen? Some people have different sins that make them happy. Maybe it's tied to little drugs that make you happy. What are you going to say? God makes me, God wants me to be happy. So show me the happy dealer down the road. Just saying. We're all God's children. Nope. 
We're not. Only those that have received Jesus as Lord and Savior are called children of God. We are not all God's children. That's a religious concept. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Now, I didn't have, if I didn't have Pastor Lau in my house, I would have no godliness in my home. I'm just saying. But because she's in the house, godliness lives and reigns in my home. Bad things happen to good people. No. Bad things happen to everybody. Amen? Everybody. Not just good. Everybody. And that's why Jesus said, come to me all you are heavy and, 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 and heavy laden and, and you've got pain and pressures. He, he, he's showing us that there's the opportunity to be free. There's the opportunity. But it's to make a statement that, you know, these truths that aren't even biblical create information in our minds that if it goes contrary to that, who are you going to blame? God or his word. You start believing things that aren't biblical, and when they don't happen, there's no one else to blame because you believed it to be God's word, right? We have to understand that. Y'all connect with that? You just need to follow your heart. Oh my gosh, I hear this from Christians all the time. You just need to follow your heart. Scripture says, the heart is full of wickedness and evil intentions. And it goes through all kinds of different teachings concerning the heart. Where'd that come from? Nowhere does the Bible say, just follow your heart, my brothers and sisters. Follow what your heart is desiring. There's nowhere in the Bible that even connects to that. It does say follow after peace. In other words, the scriptural definition of peace, but <laughs> that, that's not biblical. And I know none of you in first service, but second service, there's a bunch of them. But you know this stuff comes out of your mouths Especially, you know, if you're on social media and Instagram, follow your heart, sister. You know, everybody wants to do that kind of stuff. It's not biblical, all right? It's not, it's not biblical. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? You know, that's what Jeremiah 7, 9 says. So the scripture is showing us that we have to be careful on what we're promoting as biblical truth. You guys get this? You, you know, there are times when things aren't going right in your life, and your excuse is, is I just got to follow my heart. My heart does not love you anymore. I have to follow my heart. It's almost like following your stomach. I don't want pizza today. I want tacos. I'm not kidding. You can't go that way. Again, the heart in relationship to leading is not going to lead you correctly, and that's not what you want. We want to be led to truth right? Be led by truth. Truth is not going to let you down. It'll help you. And it'll always get you into the direction of better. I'm not saying the journey's perfect and simple and smooth. I'm saying it'll get you to better. No one takes a class for the first time, and it's simple. Simple comes when you already have information. Even in addition and subtraction, it wasn't simple. It was a journey through understanding. The quicker you grasp it, the easier it was, and everybody's different. But it's not simple in the beginning, and we continue in life the same way. 
All right, y'all got that? So it's important to understand that. This is an awesome scripture in John chapter 21, verse 20. This gives you such a revelation in the scripture concerning how people can create lies that are not true. And it's even in the Bible. You're gonna love this. Jesus, this is the last chapter of John. Jesus has just finished talking with Peter. Remember, Peter's out in the boat. Jesus, this is after crucifixion. He's, he's making breakfast for the guys. And Peter looks and, you know, they go, hey, that's Jesus. And Peter jumps in the water and he gets to, the, to where Jesus is. And, and Jesus starts talking to Peter. Peter, do you love me? And yeah, you know I do. And he goes through this whole process. And then as Jesus and Peter is finishing up their conversation. And believe me, this was a beautiful conversation because what it did is produce hope in a denier. He denied Jesus. At the cross, he denied Jesus. And Jesus, connecting with Peter, he isn't even talking about it, bringing it up, referencing denial one time. It's all about, do you love me? Not, how could you love me? Do you love me? If you ever hear who you want to define as Jesus talking to you, and it isn't lining up to what I'm saying, it is not the Lord. It's a Lord of the flies, the devil, Satan, but it's not the Lord. The Lord does not connect to your lies, betrayals. He's not going to. Y'all know you screw up. But how many of you has screwed up as big as this while Christ is on the cross and you've walked with him for three and a half years and you're denying him? He's not on the cross yet, but he's on the road to it. And you're denying him in front of everybody. And you are his disciple personally. No one's ever been that far, ever and you never can and you never will. So no matter what you've done, it is not as big as what Peter did, ever. And I'm telling you right now, the words and heart of Jesus is going to be the same. He's gonna ask you, why'd you do that? No, how dare you? You knew better. Oh, and Peter didn't? No, he's gonna say, do you love me? In other words, get back on track. Get back on track. I already know your heart. It's messed up. Let's get it fixed. Get back on track. And then what goes on after this? Peter's finished, and he sees John walking up. Because remember, they're out fishing. John starts coming up after Jesus said, Peter, your life has been, I'm going to do whatever I want for so long. And that's what he's telling Peter. He says, your, your life has been, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm strong, I, I do what I want, I'm, 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 I'm bold. And that's the way he's been seen and known. And he says, what's going to happen is, is you're going to die for me and someone else is going to be leading you in that crucifixion. Someone else is going to be pulling you down a road. You're not in control anymore. And Peter's like listening to how he's going to end his life as an apostle. 
History says that we know that he was crucified, but also upside down. And the reason why he was crucified upside down is he said, I cannot be crucified like my Lord. I'm not worthy. So he's crucified upside down. Either way, that's how he ended his ministry on earth. John comes walking up, and Peter goes, because this is Peter. Remember, it's Peter. What about him? How's he going to die? <laughs> Do you believe that? You'd think, you know, he just had a God experience of, yes, you know I love you. Yes, you know I want to serve you. And Jesus is going, serve me, lead, be my leader in ministry, and all this. And, and Peter's like on cloud nine. Man, he didn't even bring up the past. You don't think he's thinking about that? You know he's thinking about that. So he's feeling like, man, I am. I'm super apostle now. And then he's like going, what about John? Yeah, tell him what he's going to go through. I'm not thinking that way, but that's Peter. That's how Peter works. And this is where we get in verse 20. Peter turning around saw the disciple who Jesus loved following, John. Peter seeing him said to Jesus, Lord, what about this guy? How's he going to die? <laughs> Jesus says to Peter, if I will that he remains till I come again, what's that to you? Peter, you follow me. The Greek word is continual, by the way. He's not talking about a one-time shot. He's talking in the Greek language. Peter, you continue to follow me in life. Don't worry about someone else. Quit worrying about what's going to happen to him. And he said this, if I want him to stay alive till I come back, who cares? This ain't about you. It's about him. Now watch this. He didn't say he's going to live forever. He's telling Peter, don't worry about it. Now watch this. Verse 23. Then this saying went out among the brethren and the disciples that John would not die. Dude, are you kidding me? This is how lies and scripture is perverted. And we're seeing it right here in the Bible through apostles, through God's, God's right-hand people on earth right now. How did this stuff get off? Because this scripture got twisted and they didn't receive what Jesus said. They received through how they perceived and defined it as truth. And from that moment on, where do you think, where, how do you think everybody else got the information? It's just a few guys talking to Jesus right now. Where did the information come from? Did God spread it through supernaturally? No. These guys had a difficult time of listening. But what does that mean? That means we can do exactly the same thing. We can be in a service and translate it totally different than what it's being said. All based upon what? Your perception, your feeling, your experiences, whatever you're going through. And all of a sudden, you might be going, well, I don't understand this. And another person's like receiving Jesus right there. Another person's going, oh, oh. and another person's over here is getting impact. Another person's over here is going, that's for you. That's for you. That's what church is about. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? This is what church is about. And then we want to judge because we're so righteous. The pastor. No, dude, clean out your ears and start listening correctly. Quit prejudging based upon your experience or your attitude or your offense or your sin. Don't go that way. Be free. You don't, listen, everything I just said, I'm guilty of in my Christian walk at one time. Everything. So when I talk this way, I'm not talking about, I'm so much better than you, you need to get better. I'm telling you what I've done. I've been in a position of ministry authority and listened to a pastor that has been in the ministry for 50 years and had more fruit in one year than I've had my whole life at that time. And I remember sitting in the back, I don't agree with that. I didn't understand it. But the first action of my life, my I've been to Bible college mindset was, I don't agree with that. I didn't say it out loud, thank you, Jesus, but I said it in my head. And that's just as bad, for as a man or woman thinks, so are they. And I remember, I remember as clear as day, and I'll never forget it, and I've told this message many times, this story. And that came out of my head. And for a moment, I was entertaining, I don't agree with this teaching. But then, I'm also at a Christian place in my life of truth to where I realized, shut your stinking mouth. Because I use a little wisdom sometimes. Not spiritual sense, wisdom. And the wisdom says, what kind of life do you have compared to his? And that shut me down instantly. I realized, oh my gosh, if I want to be truthful and not these fake Christian lives that your life is nothing really but filled with work and family and whatever, and you really don't spend time with Jesus, you really don't, you don't do a lot, but you love to judge spiritualism. It's, it's just the way man flesh is. Do you understand? It's just the way flesh is. But that's what happens. I understand it. But the point is, is, this is what happened. And I looked at myself and I said, you stop it. I'm talking to God 50 years in ministry. And I was, you know, a wacko fresh out of Bible college that didn't have any fruit. No, didn't have any fruit. I mean, I had people I led to the Lord, and blah, 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 but nothing, nothing of fruit. I just didn't understand what he was teaching. But I made a judgment call because of my what? Exactly, and that's what I realized. And at that point, I said, you ain't gonna do that. I've only done it one more time at that level. And that was at a Cruffle Dollar ministry time, years later. Those two times are two major areas where what I did was very wrong, very wrong. But I acknowledged it. Actually, in the Cruffle one, I spoke it out and Pastor Lau heard, and that screwed things up because once you speak it out, someone hears, then you have to repent to the person that heard it. Yeah, that sucks. I'd rather be it in my head, you know, where you're like going, no one knows I'm still super spiritual. And then you're like going, Ugh. 
So, you know, I, I put that, I put my, what I know to do. I, you don't go that way. You don't, I don't care. I don't care if I agree or not. That's not the point. The point is, is I'm not even given the opportunity to hear because I'm judging. But I'm wise enough, not spiritual enough, I'm wise enough, I got common sense to go, my life doesn't even line up to his life. So I don't have a right. If I agree or not, it doesn't matter. I don't have a right because his fruit way outweighs my fruit. His whole way of life was different than mine at that point. Now, right now, I could stand up and go, I'll judge you anytime. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> the point is, is though, I come to realize that if you guys can hear your pastor right now, I guarantee your life will be so much better because you can stop that silliness right away. Because you really want to go fruit to fruit with me? Honestly, I mean, truthfully. It's not a, 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 a prideful thing. I'm just saying, is, would you like to do that? Because, I mean, if we want to naturally, you might be going, oh, how dare you say that? Well, Paul did. I know the scripture. And Paul stood up and said, let me explain to you where I've been and what I know and the, and the information I've been. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm at the highest level. He didn't have a problem saying that. So I'm telling you, you want to go toe-to-toe, me and you personally, can we can start walking back, you know, walking back our life and history of my life and ministry and your life then you realize, go, yeah, we don't want to do that. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. But that's what I had to do. I had to do the exact same thing. I don't want to go that way. And the moment I checked myself, the moment I stopped myself, I was able to receive. And it's good. It's a good way of living. And that's all I'm saying. If they can do it here, of course they can do it here, Right? You can hear something and not really hear it, and then what do you do? And the saying went out among the brethren that John would never die. Is that crazy? And then it says, but Jesus didn't say that he wouldn't die. Jesus said, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? That's all he said. If I wanted it, it doesn't matter, Peter. Don't worry about John. Follow me. So what's the message? Who worry about? They did. She did. He did. That. Quit doing that. Do you. And life is going to be so much better. You might be thinking, well, okay, and, and, and just tie it to spiritual. Don't. Tie it to everything. Tie it to the person that gets a, a promotion you didn't. Tie it into that. What is it up to you? It doesn't matter. Do you. Do you. Don't, don't get ripping and attacking and, and become the Walmart employee. And I'm not saying all Walmart employees that way, but somehow everyone in Walmart, some employees ripping on someone. But I mean, it's amazing how many people always want to talk trash about their supervisors or someone. And the point is, is we don't need to go that way. Let's don't be that type of people, amen? Let's allow this stuff to build up within us, this new life, and live this new life the way God's designed it to be lived. 
Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.